0: Hello out there in the potoverse. Welcome to Weaver's Circle, the interview podcast for the Weave the Tale Twitch channel. I am your host Spence, and on this show we will be talking with the channel's game masters, casts of the game, and the designers of the games that are being played. All right, and this episode we are joined by the GM for our Black Void campaign colin or Colin omicon how are you today
1: wonderful thank you very much spence um awesome very very happy to be here uh no one ever asks me about running my games so this is a fun <laughs> this is a I nice know. change is
0: it is it weird to be on the other side of the microphone for for an interview it
1: is yeah i do this kind of thing a lot uh on my own channel but um you know
0: well let's Let's talk about that real quick. Yeah, yeah. Who are you and uh, and what do you do?
1: Uh well, I'm Colin, Colin Amakon, uh, on the places that matter. Uh and uh yeah, that would be like Twitch, Twitter, etc. Yep. <laughs> yeah, those places.
0: No, the 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 laughter is I'm resident <laughs> made everywhere else. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: um
0: and uh yeah, I run
1: I, I run my own ga- run my own channel. I do games uh every Sunday. Um I'm pretty I've gotten really into this just kind of Vamping it and riffing it Letting it go type thing Uh, Every Sunday Mm -hmm. we do a a game Every Sunday night at 7 on my channel Where it's a different game Different cast, different system every week Um, It's uh, so I have to learn A new freaking system Every (laughs) week Wow! um, So we've had Coming up on 14 episodes of that So it's been 14 different systems Yeah it's exhausting That's
0: intense
1: dude Yeah but you know what I've learned is that you just have to be good enough at faking it, like when you.
0: Yeah, it's true.
1: When you make what, up What rules. are the key components
0: that you need to learn? <laughs> yeah. Okay, i learned those. I'm just gonna make it up for you.
1: What's here. the core okay. mechanic? Like, so that when I say, like, roll a blank check. I make sure I'm actually rolling like the correct dice with the right number of sides. Uh, right. Beyond that, just make it up. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> yes. No one will know the difference. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and i mean if you get it wrong who cares it's your game yeah who
1: cares yeah that's a yeah it's a it's a you know sure that's a bad version of uh according to the rules in the book that might be right but you know according to the colin version that is spot on well so, yeah
0: exactly i mean the whole the whole point is to have fun telling a story yeah right yeah, as
1: long as you got that yeah and as you alluded yeah. to too i also do a lot of interviews i, I, I interview game developers mostly these days uh every other friday on my channel.
0: And that's that's really cool cuz I do something similar or I used to do something similar um with a different podcast that I run, uh Game School. Oh, cool. And so y- you know, there's the um there's the philosophy side of those game interviews and there is the crunchy gearhead side mm-hmm. of those interviews. What side do you fall on?
1: Uh I mean, I got my um how about I tell you what I majored in, in college, and then you guess. Uh, okay. <laughs> my degree uh, in undergrad was a dual degree in creative writing and philosophy. So take a stab. Oh,
0: <laughs> so you're like me, and you want to know all about the origin? Yes,
1: I want to. I yes. want to. I want to do a little bit of like past life regression on learning <laughs> where. <laughs> What from what dreams inspired you? How much peyote did you take to reach the level of enlightenment where you created this brilliant thing? You know, it's like I, I wanna dig into the I wanna dig into why you made it more than anything when I'm talking to game dance. What inspired so, you? You know, that kind of thing. So
0: what you're telling me is I should hypnotize my guests before interviewing. Absolutely.
1: Them. Um, okay. Or drop LSD in the coffee. That's the other option.
0: Uh, that would require us to be in the same physical space. True. But with the advent of the internet and and everything, we are so lucky that we could talk to people from all over the world mm-hmm. uh, about games, and I think that is incredibly cool.
1: Heck yeah, yeah. And it's been. I mean, the other day I spoke with uh, Michael Sands, the creator of Monster of the Week, who's Ooh. who's in New Zealand. So he's yeah, like what 15 hours ahead of me or something like it's it's already tomorrow where he is um yeah
0: and yeah Uh, my favorite my favorite person uh to talk to with regards to games is gareth graham of uh frenzy kitty games Mm. he's in south africa and just a delightful ball of sunshine um that's lovely (laughs) it's like so uh i i love i love talking with people from other parts of the world because they also have a different perspective and Mm -hmm. perspective is super super um, enlightening yeah, for GMs um, and for players, too, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> That's the other part of your question, by the way. I do enjoy yeah. some of the crunchiness, but I design my own games, too, and I find that that stuff is fun when I'm doing it. I don't really like asking other people about it. But I, I like breaking out the probability charts and, um, doing the math and stuff to see, am I making rules that are fair and fun? Like what percentage of times will this thing actually happen if I make the parameters this, you know, how often would that fail? those
0: algebra classes work for you. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Well,
1: actually, to be honest with you, there's a great website called anydice.com that just runs all the calculations for you. So I use a lot of that, but that's kind of cool. I find that cool. Um, how weighted towards success or failure is your system. I find that stuff interesting. But the mm-hmm. really interesting stuff to talk about is what were you trying, when you made this game or when I talked to GMs too, and the show started out, it was meant to be all talking to GMs. Uh, and then it just slowly morphed into game developers. Um, but, right. but I, I want to know, you know, what are you trying to tell people with this? What, what's the interesting thing you're trying to convey? What, what cool thought could you just knock it out of your head that you wanted to tell people about that you couldn't find in any other game out there so that you had, you know, if you want something right, do it yourself. Um, yeah. that's the stuff that fascinates me.
0: And so that leads perfectly into my next question. Uh, you are going to be running the black void, um, mm-hmm. uh, campaign for us. Uh, you're ca- We're calling it black void into the oblivious depths. Yeah. Have you, have you run black void before?
1: Yes, it was one of ah. my one-shots uh on my channel. Yeah. Um and likewise I made a few things up. I, Christopher I, I, that. My lips uh, are sealed <laughs> and
0: you know, maybe he won't listen to this episode. But we'll see. <laughs> Um so so with your first experience, are you taking anything from that uh that game and putting it into the new one? Or is this a whole new setting, a whole new everything?
1: Oh, this is all new, yeah. So that was um so Christopher, here I'm referring to um, Christopher Sevelson, who's the creator of the game and a very, very nice guy. He's a, a Danish game developer. Um, and I actually interviewed him uh, a while back, not on my channel, but on then Encounter Roleplay. Now weave the tale um, because there was a he has a he had a Kickstarter coming out for the new expansion for Black Void called mm-hmm. Under Nebulous Skies, and um, and I was. I don't know how the hell I got picked to talk to him about it, but I did for some reason. And uh, I did an hour-long interview with him live on Twitch. Great dude. And afterward, I guess he liked me enough that he's like, hey, I'm going to be doing this Black Void game um, on Weave the Tail, and I want yeah. you to run it. And I uh, <laughs> okay, made an impression. Great. That's sounds fantastic. Awesome. And uh, yeah, so when I found out that he wanted me to do it, that was what made me do the one-shot in my channel, because I'm like, well, <laughs> I got to learn how to yeah. play this game now. <laughs> and so I ran it, and I ran... Uh, he made a he made a short scenario called uh, Flight from Salvation Square that is a meant to be a, a convention-type mm-hmm. scenario. You know, a quick... Um, you know, it's meant to be a one-shot scenario. So I I got a hold of that. It's free. You can get it on DriveThruRPG mm-hmm. for free. And if you're looking to run this game or play this game, I'd recommend it because it's really cool. Uh, it features... And, and it, it made me fall in love with the game because it features... All of the things that make Black Void so damn cool. So, for those of you not familiar, Black Void is set in this universe where uh, humans, around the time of ancient Babylon, were suddenly sucked into the sky through a bunch of uh, basically, Mm -hmm. well, Black Voids. Uh, Giant black tornadoes opened up in the sky and just ripped humans from the Earth and sent them spewing across the galaxy. And they ended up uh, in the midst of this incredibly advanced galactic civilization that they mm-hmm. never knew existed. Um, tons of different races of aliens and, and all kinds of things. That, um, this big intergalactic government. And and the thing is, they weren't invited. Nobody wants them there. Um, they didn't even mean to go there in the first place. They don't even know what happened. No one knows why those that cataclysm right. happened. But they're suddenly just there in the middle of this civilization. And they are completely bottom of the ladder um they're basically refugees Mm -hmm. essentially uh and they and no one wants them there nobody trusts them um as is sadly so often the case with immigrants and Mm -hmm. refugees of all kinds they're distrusted uh and they're just trying to survive and they're trying to make a home for themselves in this universe that never wanted them never asked for them and it's it's such a fascinating setup and the other thing that comes with that though is that it imports all of that really cool. ancient babylon culture and mythology and all that comes along Mm -hmm. with you so that's 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 baked into the setting so in flight from salvation square in just this short thing you have uh, a heist i love a good heist Uh, where you have the players trying to steal an idol that is actually a relic from earth Um, it's one of the last thing at the time black void set it's, it's in the future a little bit. And it's been a while since humans were on earth. And this is an actual idol that came with him, like a religious icon. That is their, one of their last connections to Mm -hmm. their home that they're never going to go back to. And it's been stolen and they're on a mission to steal it back. Yeah. So that's awesome. And then, and then they run into a freaking genie in the middle (laughs) of, uh, in the middle of Salvation Square, they get encountered by a genie that tries to, like, seduce them with all kinds of uh, honeyed words mm-hmm. and promises and uh, and uh, and and trick them and uh, gives them, you know, classic genie, careful what you wish for, gives them gifts, mm-hmm. but at a price. And uh, I had this incredibly beautiful, dramatic moment where um, a guy that was in that party, the genie saying uh, where the genie encounters them, they're all about to be killed. They're being closed in on by a bunch of set on all sides by people trying to kill them and the genie says you know I can get you out of here you just gotta give mm-hmm. me something in return I got you covered and one guy <laughs> had this the guy that went last said uh no that's okay I don't want to get out of here I want to just go back to prison actually could you just send me back to jail instead <laughs> <laughs> and Didn't I never no. saw that coming at all but classic my GMing uh my whole GMing um MO and and kind of my my almost, at this point, dogmatic beliefs is like, yes, and, mm-hmm. till the day you die. So I was like, alright, that's what you yeah. want, you got it, bud. Uh, and then there's this intense combat, and then there's a traitor in their midst, and it's just brilliant, and it had all of these things that made me realize this game is gonna be so damn cool, because it's built for all of these kind of things, that kind of intrigue, and combat, and heists, and, and these strong themes of, these incredibly strong themes of humanity trying to find a, a place in the universe and uh, these, and, and trying to hold on to their culture and that's just mm-hmm. all, it's so beautiful and so as soon as uh, as soon as I was offered to do this game I knew it would, yeah, absolutely I've got to do it and and this this game which we can get into more later, the one we're going to be running, uh, Into the Oblivious Depths is going to be hitting on those themes oh, really? extra hard um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%
0: I mean, you're doing my job for me, and you're and you're just rolling right yeah. into the next. I love segways. So. <laughs> Here, yes.
1: your your turn, yeah. Spence.
0: So, so, um, so you've you've stated that you are going to be hitting on oh, yeah. those themes pretty hard. Um, so, have you mm-hmm. met with your cast yet? Um, have they stated you know uh, anything that they are looking forward to going into, or what, or something that you're looking forward to that you can talk about?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I I took this one really seriously. Uh, no.
0: mm-hmm. I know
1: that probably sounds weird because you think I take all my games seriously, and I do. But
0: um. well, there are some games that are fun, and then there are some things, some games that have a purpose. And it sounds like you have a purpose. Yeah,
1: I'm a, I'm a man on a mission, Spence, I'd say uh, <laughs> there's there is absolutely like, and if you watch my one shots on my channel, you'll see the dichotomy because every other week you'll either get something real heavy or you'll get something absolutely silly just ridiculous mm-hmm. we played masks the other day and it was like words fail to describe how absurd that was we, <laughs> we played it we played a game of one last job one time i don't know if you're familiar with that one mm-hmm. it's a game by grant howitt um
0: i love the grant howitt ones. i love
1: everything he makes he's he's one of my heroes i've been trying to yeah. interview him forever
0: if you if you get it in with that let me know oh absolutely uh, yeah because yeah uh goat crashers goat i ran- crashers I ran that one on the Penny for a Tail channel. And of course, Mitchell being the agent of chaos uh, was an absolute agent of chaos in that game. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, also the Witch is Dead and Sad Vampire Boyfriend. That's another one that's my absolute favorite. Witch is
1: Dead is my favorite. We ran that one on my channel. And again, Mitch was an agent of chaos. Um, I had everyone roll to determine what kind of cute animal they were. Mm -hmm. And then after they did, we took a short break. And while I was in the 10 minutes we were off the air, I came back and everyone was in cosplay, Uh, (laughs) including Mitch, who wore a little yellow raincoat like Georgie Denborough from it uh, and put little whiskers on himself because he was like a crazed rat.
0: Uh, That's awesome.
1: Who was on a mission to slaughter the witch hunter um, as some kind of like. He he played it like a really depressed uh, anarchist revolutionary would be the way to describe it.
0: So Jean Valjean, okay, got very, it.
1: yes, very kind of Jean Valjean. Anyway, I'm off topic.
0: Um, no, I, no, I love this. Um, I get typecasted in any game where I am not the GM of Grant Howitz, where I am always the sexy distraction.
1: What? How does so, this happen? How does this keep happening I, to you?
0: I don't know, but like I played. <laughs> Uh, the first time I played The Witch is Dead, I was an owl that lo- a, a par- my power was uh, the ability to distract. Nice. And so my friends were all like, yeah, because this owl looks like they're wearing a corset. I'm like, okay. <laughs> then we played uh the one where you're a bunch of crows and you're stealing the, the jewels from the Tower of London.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember the name of that and one
0: and i was the prettiest jaybird that had to cause a distraction and uh, what did i do i recruited the angry swans to attack the guards at the oh tower nice because i was like they're coming for your eggs oh,
1: you're tired of being the queen's possessions you swans
0: i know so um, no <laughs> okay. it's perfect one shot uh, one page rpgs are my jam
1: oh 100 yes you got to come hang out on my channel spence i mean we gotta we gotta do this
0: you me and anna we're gonna have lots of conversations about one page rpgs because yeah yeah.
1: these are my favorites yeah and grant uh, no one makes better ones than grant they're they're absolutely wonderful Um, well i'll
0: I'll tell you because my series of one page rpgs is coming out starting next week say what oh you know is this already recorded spence it's it's already recorded. I did a series of workshops with a bunch of GM friends of mine, and we each came up with an, a one page RPG.
1: Oh, oh! And so they're
0: going to be coming out once a month, starting this month. I'm so excited! Oh my god!
1: No, I am stoked to hear that. Slightly sad that you already recorded it because now I want to play on it too. But...
0: Well, I mean, season we didn't two, play season them, two we didn't play them we just we wrote
1: just them. wrote the- oh well if you want a so home to run some crazy ridiculous rpgs Listen,
0: we'll we'll talk we'll talk more more to come chat more chat
1: <laughs> you know what it's so used to chat Listen, i know I'm
0: so used to t- streaming on twitch my people are going to call yes. your
1: people and i think they might all be the same people so we'll- i
0: think they might be um so uh oh, right. So well are there other we've talked about we've talked about one page RPGs and the gloriousness that is Grant Howard's yeah. uh collection. Um are there other RPGs that have a, a really strong home in your heart?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh you should see my shelf. It's ridiculous. Um That's that's how the one shot what one shot Sunday thing started was I just I realized I was uh well to borrow kind of a phrase from my friend Lydia here, I was I was buying uh, I was buying RPG books mostly to release the happy juices in my brain, mm-hmm. uh, and I just accumulated quite a collection and and I had so many I just wanted to run them all I mean they all have something unique and interesting to offer um, yeah and I, and I just want to see it's always cool to just see yeah what does this do better that other things can't do what what does this system do I think. Some of the ones that really um, hit home for me uh, that will always be close in my heart. Uh, I'm a massive fan of um, Morkborg. Um, I don't know if you're okay. familiar with that one. The st-
0: not familiar with it, but I recognize the name. It's
1: so metal. It's so <laughs> absolutely metal. Um, and I love that one because it's a labor of love. You can tell the people that that made it um, were definitely mm. really big fans of like black metal and doom metal. And yeah. Yeah, and the book is designed in such a way that it looks like a fanzine. It it really, it has this incredible artwork that looks like something you would get down, uh, you know, you'd pick up a free copy of, you know, off of uh, at the local like punk record and tape shop. Uh, mm-hmm. And it really, it's just such a, it's so earnest in its execution that I just, I really appreciate how much love clearly went into making that game and it's fun and it's brutal yeah. and if you get two crit fails in a row while casting magic you burst into flames and instantly die so
0: oh man yeah it doesn't, so, doesn't screw around <laughs> see see you're describing this to me and all i can think of is i want to create a one page rpg where all the spells that you cast are uh the titles to death metal hell metal, yes metal songs. yeah just all Slayer
1: and- albums. Yes. Blood Mountain.
0: Yeah. Or some Blind Guardian. Mm. or some Blind Guardian in there and and do Blood Tears, um, Nightfall in Middle Earth, you know. Oh, dig it, Sorry. dig it.
1: Yeah! yeah. Uh, oh, man. The other one, uh, this is a very unpopular opinion these days. Okay. But uh, the other one that will always hold a, a strong place in my heart, Dungeons & Dragons 4th Edition. The one everyone hates.
0: So... I have no particular opinion because I never played that version. Mm. So tell me why you like it.
1: Because it was my first. If I'm honest, it's nostalgia. Okay. It's probably nostalgia. Um, it also does spellcasting way better than 5th edition. Don't at me. It's I won't. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> it, it spell, the spell slot system in 5th edition is confusing as hell. And uh, it it simplified the hell out of it in 4th edition. But it really it was the one that really got me absorbed into this weird world. And... Um, it was my first... I just found the other day, and I may run this. Uh, I was digging through boxes at my parents' house, and I found a shoebox that had an old notebook in it that had the first dungeon I ever made when I was... Oh, wow. Yeah, like 14 or 15 years old. Uh, like, actually hand-drawn in pencil on graph paper. Yeah. And, um...
0: Probably done during math class or something. To- oh,
1: totally. Yeah, absolutely. When <laughs> I... During some time, I was not paying attention in high school, and... Uh, I want to run that dungeon. I, it, it probably wasn't good, but I, I'm sure... I feel like I've learned a few narrative tricks since then that I could make it entertaining <laughs> if I really mm-hmm. lean into it. Uh, but Do
0: you think you could run an entire um, scenario based on your nostalgia of 4th uh, edition or your nostalgia of anything, really? I
1: think so, yeah. And that's... You know, there's been a few things along the way I've listened to that I give some credit to, like um, a big one being um, all the work of uh, that uh, Brennan Lee Mulligan has done with Mm -hmm. Dimension 20, which is wonderful, which opened my eyes to the fact that a system like Dungeons and Dragons even can be. I mean, there's there comes a point when you're putting a square peg in a round hole and you should just try a different system. But Mm -hmm. that a system can be as flexible as you want to make it. And he ran the first season of dimension 20 was um, using D and D fifth edition, but it was like a John Hughes high school drama. Um, right. You know, from the 1980s and it works <laughs> and it and it's, it's running on, like you said, it's running on pure nostalgia. Um, yeah. And it totally, uh, it totally tracks. And I, I, I was so impressed by that. And I found since then, that I like to take systems. Um, this is actually something I'm working on. Maybe I'm like workshopping this in my brain, and I have been for a while of mm-hmm. purposely doing mismatched systems um, with games. So run a, oh. yeah, like I think we were calling it like Mismatch Monday to, to follow up after One Shot Sunday. <laughs> but running, mm-hmm. yeah, let's do, uh, let's do a, a spy thriller um, using Mork Borg. You know, it's 100% not made to do that at all. <laughs> but why the hell not? Uh, let's do a... Uh, what was the really good one someone came up with? It was something like... Do like a a, um, a soap opera romance, you know, using using 4th edition. Like, y- y- these are
0: not...
1: Oh, man. It's not... But that'd be super fun. And I think I loved kind of... I, I do enjoy kind of pushing a system till it almost breaks. <laughs> so then... Yeah. And I won't be doing that in Black Void. I'm going to be pretty faithful in, in Black Void. Yeah. But... Um, I, I would, I would love that. But anyway, all this to say, um, I run a lot of different systems, and I run a lot of different types of narrative. I, I'm just as comfortable, and I feel just at home being downright silly and ridiculous, and also being really heavy. Um, the last game I ran on Weave the Tale last season was Octon Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. which was one of the hardest games I ever ran because I've never had to have NPC Nazis in a game before. Um, Oof, but, yeah. you know, but this was world war two. It's a world war two setting. Mm-hmm. And I had to put a lot of thought into how to do these things respectfully and, but still not sugarcoat the fact that these are Nazis, uh, and, and make it impactful and make it work. And, um, it was one of the biggest challenges I ever had as a GM, but in the end, I'm quite proud of, of, of how it turned out. Um, but
0: were you able to bring in things from that era that you particularly enjoyed to balance out that the um, the mental labor of having to put Nazis and, and those terrible events yeah. in your game?
1: I was. And you know what? I didn't have to do a lot of the work. The players did that for me. Um,
0: oh, good. And that's
1: what I find. And this is what I think I can already tell is going to happen with Black Void. Um when they buy into the world and they buy when the players, when uh, that's one of the things I try to do as a GM up front is get them to buy into the world, make them interested in the world they're inhabiting. And and if they do that, they will bring the joy for you. I mean, there was a scene in the last episode of Octon Cthulhu where they all know that they're about to go on basically a suicide run. They're going on a mission where they're all likely not to come back. And um, one of the players impromptu without any nudging whatsoever said, um, you know, I walk over and I turn on the radio Yeah, and asked me, you know, what's playing? And it was, uh, I couldn't come up with a quick answer. So another player came up with um, a perfect answer, which was We'll Meet Again by Vera Lynn, one of the most popular World War II songs. And Mm -hmm. it just turned into this really sweet moment of this character um, uh, having a last dance with an NPC she had a crush on. And then they all went off and all <laughs> nearly died, but
0: like I'm all heartbroken now. <laughs> it
1: was beautiful. It was gorgeous, and I did nothing to make it happen. Um, players will make their own fun, and they will when they're when they're engaged enough in the world, and when they're bought in enough into the world, they will find the opportunities to do these things. You don't have to push that hard, and I think that's right. something I've learned: is I can be a little more hands off. And if they want the drama, they will find it. And then all I have to do is occasionally give a prod in the right direction. Give a give a little nudge and they'll do it. But I can already tell. You, you asked before if I met with them. I've met with them twice. These players <laughs> of Black Void. We've had two session zeros. Uh, one was kind of just an informal get to know you. And the other one was more hardcore character building and connection and relationship building and uh Mm -hmm. they're already completely bought in they've created some really interesting compelling characters and they they already are looking at the connections between themselves and how they're going to play their dynamics and i can tell i'm just going to be able to sit back and put my feet up for a good amount of the time (laughs) and they're going to run with it it's going to be great
0: cat wrangling at its best oh yes (laughs) yes So, um, you are doing a whole heck of a lot. It sounds like. So, where can people watch your amazing games and interviews and one shots and such?
1: Yeah, uh, my channel. So that's Twitch.tv/slash Colonomicon. <coughs> um, also on Twitter. Uh, on Twitter, you can find me at Colonomicon, where I post every time I go live. There's a link coming up, and I'll throw all that there. Um, that's going to be. So, we got a few things going on right now. Friday nights is, uh, every other Friday, excuse me, is the GM post-mortem, which is my chat show, which mm-hmm. originally was with GMs. Now it's mostly with game developers, but our next guest is going to be my friend Megan Cross, who is a GM and also a game developer. So, uh, nice. I just used her session zero game for my session zero. If you don't have it, get it. It's extremely helpful. It's a card game.
0: Okay.
1: It's a card game she made. That's a bunch of random prompts for session zero, uh, to help people come up with new ideas for their characters. It's so helpful. Love it. Cool. Um, She's my next guest. That's going to be on the 19th of February at uh, 8 p.m. on my channel. And then One Shot Sunday is every other Sunday at 7. Sorry, not every. It's every Sunday at 7 p.m. We do a different game. This week, Valentine's Day special, is Pokemon. There is a a Pokemon fan-made TTRPG that I did not know about. But
0: that's amazing.
1: My friend Draku is coming on and running that. And I have absolutely no idea what to expect, but I'm very much <laughs> looking forward to it. Uh, this, I, I don't have my schedule in front of me, but I know this week we're going to be doing um, a quest. We're going to be playing later in the month. Quest RPG. Um, mm-hmm. We're actually going to be playing D&D 4th Edition one of these uh, days. There's there's a whole lot it. It's something different every week. Just Just check it out. And then Black Void is going to be Wednesdays at 6 p.m on Weave the tail. It's going be yeah. it's going be heavy uh, I just wanted to say thematically, because I mentioned it when leading into those themes, to give a very brief teaser um, like I said, they're humans tossed into a galaxy that doesn't want them there. Well these humans, these four humans and our our players, are setting off to find a new world for humans to settle they are the tip of the spear. They're going out to find a new planet where humans can have a home and it's going to be heavy. So <laughs> without giving away too much, come check it out.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so thank you so much for joining me for this episode and we will catch you all next time. Thank you to our guest for joining me for this episode of Weaver's Circle. Be sure to check out their social media links in the show notes and tune in live for their game. Weaver's Circle is mixed and produced by Spence of resonantmoon.com Weaver's Circle is owned by Weave the Tail Gaming Channel and its parent company, Penny for a Tail LLC. You can reach out to the podcast and find out more about our games at pennyforatale.com Music in our intro and outro is Fearless First by Kevin MacLeod used with permission. Weaver's Circle is created under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives for 4.0 international license. You can download it and share it, just don't change it or sell it. Remember, today is a good day to roll some dice. Thank you for listening.